Welcome to the Mildly Pleased Awards, hosted by Sean Lemmy, John Otney, Colin Westman, Matt Kirstens. So we have a website called mildlypleased.com, named because we're all pretty low-key guys and we don't tend to, in real life, get that worked up about stuff. And uh, and that means lots of like three star reviews, and uh, I feel like our, our our main reaction to things we see, to movies we see, to albums we listen to, to video games we play is yeah, I'm fine with it. Well, I think it's because we just consume so much pop culture. We watch so many movies, we listen to so much music that when new stuff comes out, there's probably a good chance that it's not going to compare to other stuff we've already seen or listened to. So that is just the plight of being a pop culture junkie, I guess. Yeah. And we're going to do the proper, like best of 2012 shows. And, and our, even if we don't do the shows, they'll, they'll definitely be uh, posts on, on, on the website for you to go uh, look at. Uh, always a treat every year to see if Matt comes in there, post a top 10 list of anything. Got any, I got any plans this year? Well, I've been mulling around the top, uh, doing a little James Bond-themed thing, but we'll see. I don't want to get anyone's hopes up. going <laughs> to have to have a reason to do it. Sean Connery's death. Whoa. Make it happen. <laughs> okay. Um, but before we get to that, uh, we thought, in honor of our website, uh, and in honor of... 2013 happening this crazy year that I feel like no one ever planned for humanity making it this far uh, we would look back at the most mildly pleasing things from 2012 uh, 20 does as the, as the kids call it 20 dozen now it's 20 baker's dozen not nearly as easy to say <laughs> 20 baked does um so we're looking for the most mildly pleasing thing. And to give you kind of a sense uh, of, of what's to follow, um, I'll say we've got ten categories. With, uh, we've, we've narrowed each of them down to just five nominees. And instead of actually making a list, uh, like a real award show, we're just going to pick one winner. But uh, unlike a real award show, we're going to bring you in on the process. And to give you a little taste of what it's like, I'm just going to do the video game category on my own. Since no one else played really any game. I mean, John, you played Tony Hawk Pro Skater HD. I guess that was, that was more mildly disappointing than anything else. Uh, probably. They didn't really. I mean, had better graphics, but they took away so many great features. <laughs> kind of pissed me off. Yeah, I didn't really like it. I did not play it for very long. I did play Tony Hawk's Son, so that was real cool. Did I uh, play any of these video games? I mean, not these ones on the list, but any ones from uh, 2012. Uh, did 
<laughs> did you? I don't. I don't know. Did you know? I'm always so behind on my video game playing. Did you play the show this year? I I did. I did. It was mildly pleasing. Yeah, I would think but, it. They're not changing too much these days. No, especially not really. Because the 2K series imploded, and they're just out there alone. Is it? They're done. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah, isn't that weird? If you want to play a baseball game, you got to play on PS3 that's, or PlayStation Vita. That's yeah. That's really weird. So our uh, top five most mildly pleasing video games. Uh, I've already picked the winner, so I'll just tell you the four other nominees. Uh, Assassin's Creed 3 uh, mildly pleasing for me because it was the fifth straight Assassin's Creed game and I just don't care anymore they're not different enough Assassin's Creed 3 actually kind of disappointing because I was supposed to be a big change and then it turned out to be pretty much the same and all these games are so long I just got so bored Uh, another nominee Kingdoms of Amalur Reckoning which made it onto best of the first half of uh, 2012, uh, but not not nearly good enough to actually make my top 10 list. And I think, given the whole studio being laid off and Kurt Schilling going into debt, really over this game, it, it, it doesn't doesn't in retrospect seem that good. Uh, but I thought it was fine at the time. It's just it's just a bummer that everything surrounded it, and it was never great. Uh, Max Payne three, long awaited sequel. Max Payne 2, almost a decade in the making. Had some cool moments, but also had some really terrible moments. And ultimately, it was just underwhelming. And I think a lot of people who really cared about that franchise are really disappointed. I was fine with it, though. That's mildly pleased. And uh, PlayStation All-Stars Battle Royale is our fourth nominee. Uh, not because it's bad. I think it's pretty good. Uh, I actually like playing it Single player, like one-on-one fighting, way more than I like Smash Brothers one-on-one fighting. Uh, but it just did not capture that Smash Brothers, I don't know, je ne sais quoi, uh, that, that makes it such a great game for our group. And since I was kind of counting on it to be that, I'm, in the end, a little disappointed. But, but so mildly pleased. Uh, but our winner, the most mildly pleasing video game in 2012, uh, for me, is Asura's Wrath which is a, the most ridiculous over-the-top game I've ever played. This is, this is a game where a dude the size of a planet tries to crush you and you punch his thumb so much that his entire body bursts in flames and explodes. Or where you fight your master on the moon and he impales you with a sword that goes so long it pushes you down onto Earth. And then as he's stabbing you, the blade goes, again, he's on the moon, goes through you and then through the entire Earth and comes out the other side. <laughs> Sounds awesome. <laughs> it's it's pretty awesome, but the problem is, almost the entire game is just quick time events. You know, it, like it pops up a button and you just have to hit it, like yeah. in like Evil Four. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and then there's uh, a light fighting game aspect to it, and there's also a little bit of a shooter game to it. But none of that stuff is particularly good, and you kind of feel like you're just grinding through the actual <laughs> gameplay to just watch the ridiculous cinematics. Uh, and so it's like. How how much can you really like a game where actually playing it isn't that fun? Uh, where the joy comes from really just like watching. It, it's basically an anime series. You're basically watching an entire series. Uh, it's even like the game's like broken up into episodes. They even have like this is where the commercial break would go <laughs> built into every episode. It's it's pretty cool. And also, 
they do th- this thing where you beat the game and then they let you go back and see the ending again and they're like, but wait a minute, this isn't the true ending. You have to buy that. It's downloadable content. <laughs> That's kind of fucked up. Uh, but no, congratulations to Asura's Wrath. <laughs> most mildly pleasing video game I played in 2012. I have a question. Okay. Um, so for someone like me that never played Assassin's Creed, any of them, would I enjoy the third one more than you would? I think you would. I think you. I think you might like Assassin's Creed Two more, just because for me that that game was. I think maybe even my favorite game of that year or or whatever is up there. I think that was two thousand eight, or maybe nine. Uh, Assassin's Creed Three. I think you'd you'd get into uh, just just because for me it was, all these games I think are too long for what they are, mm-hmm. and and so. Like every year for five years in a row, like feeling a little tired and having to grind out the ending of these games, it's just wore me out. And and some of the things they changed for me, I didn't like as much. Um, like it used to be, you could buy armor, and that's gone. Now all you can do is like dye your clothes. And in the last game, they introduced bomb making, and that was lame. Uh, but in this game, they've changed crafting into just a thing for like making money. And just, I don't know, it just doesn't work. It, it seems like the things they're changing aren't enough. Uh, but if you don't have that frame of reference, I think you'd probably get into it. It's got a cool story, too. Set the Revolutionary War. Not many games set then. Our next category. Next category, viral video. So this is the other weird one, not because only one of us has expertise, uh, but because... Uh, a mildly pleasing viral video is something you forget about instantly because the whole idea of viral videos is basically mildly pleasing. Uh, so I think for this one, we just chose five videos that. I mean, let, let's let's be sure these are these are these are viral videos. These aren't like music videos or you know professionally put together things. These are like shit people put up on the internet that's dumb that, that caught on in, in or whatever in twenty twelve. But I think we're just looking for the best of these, not not the most mildly pleasing one. Because the most mildly pleasing video I saw, I have forgotten about. And <laughs> <laughs> our categories. Wait, wait, just a sec. Nancy, there's a clicking coming from your end. Do you have control over that? Clicking? Yeah. I don't know. Stop. Well, it, it always shows up whenever we record from your side. I can always hear a clicking in the background. And I feel like I keep hearing it. I don't know. So, our uh, first video is uh, called A Black Man versus Three Ghost Peppers. Uh, These are all all officially what they're titled on YouTube, uh, so you can search them out. This is not what I I would call it, but it's a pretty accurate depiction uh, of what you see in the video. It's uh, this guy has three ghost peppers covered in ghost pepper sauce. And he decides to eat all three of them back to back to back. Uh, and it just breaks him down. Uh, the ghost pepper is like the spiciest thing you can eat. And covering it in ghost pepper sauce. Uh, I mean, you can tell from the second he bites in the first one that he is... an immense amount of pain. Yeah, and he is, he has made a very poor choice. And he has a long way to go before he can get out of what he's done to himself. And it's just such a strong physical reaction. He's moving around the room. He's like yelling and ah, 
<laughs> He's got his weird fat friend. Who's like, Possibly a midget. <laughs> I watched another video. This is He's confirmed. a midget. I, yeah. Okay, he's a midget. Well, he's a dwarf, right? Dwarf. Well, okay. Little people is what they're like. Anyways, he's really funny for some reason. He has this really funny voice. <laughs> he's just egging him on, He's just egging him on. He's like the perfect sidekick to this guy. And he's just suffering. Punishing himself. But he's just like, I'm not a bitch. ESD, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, ESD three, and then eventually just runs outside with milk, and it's like coming out of his nose. And he's spitting it everywhere, and he touches his eyes. I yeah. feel like milk wouldn't have been my first choice. Oh, I think that's what you cut, milk, usually drink. Yeah, milk is supposed to be the thing you drink to to, to defeat spiciness. Is it okay? No one would be like, I need to chug milk because that doesn't work. Yeah. Uh, but that's just kind of the funny thing about it is like, it's almost like he's doing another eating challenge afterwards because it's so spicy, but you can't consume that much milk. <laughs> okay, what about Catch the Ice Dude? I hated this one. You hate this one? I, just, I didn't think it was that good. <laughs> I, I, okay. I just don't, I don't like watching people hurt themselves at all. And I, I, I guess it's pretty... Because he's laughing after it happens. Yeah. My favorite part was like right. right before he does it, he's like like fuck you, fuck everybody. Or yeah, no. It's, it's, I feel like it's staged like perfectly. He's like, Yeah, I'm gonna be the ultimate badass. And it's like this German guy. He's like, Motherfuckers, fuck the fucking world, and the name of my new band is Siskill. And then he, <laughs> he runs up and jumps in the frozen pool and he just goes plonk and his friends just laugh. Well, I like the, the part where he's talking about his band. <laughs> but the hit, I was expecting, okay, now it's going to break or something. And well, that's what he was expecting. He's, I don't even feel like he's not in enough pain for my enjoyment. Oh, I think he's just enough. I think if, he, if he had like a bone coming out, I'd be like, oh, dude. Otherwise, oh, it's just, God, it's you're two, sick. It's two America's funniest home videos, for me, except for the swearing part. But the, <laughs> the, physical, the physicality of it, I don't find the stunt like that funny. It's just some guy getting... Well, and he's not even that. He's just laughing. I'm I mean, happy that he's not that hurt. Yeah. I don't like seeing people get hurt badly. It's funny to me because he's acting like such an idiot, and he gets what's coming. He probably hurt his butt. Probably hurt his back. You know. I, I just his friends are laughing I'm, at him. If it wasn't for the fact that he's some crazy German guy who must like metal or something, there's there's thousands of other videos probably like this. Yeah. Probably better and worse. But I, I guess it is mildly pleasing to some people, but to me, it's on the lower end. I think it's pretty fun. Okay. Uh, Julie and the Deathly Surgeon. So this is another of these like uh, laughing gas, uh, wisdom tooth surgery, post-op videos. And there's a lot of these. This is kind of like an internet tradition of people acting really weird because of the laughing gas. Um, I love this genre. Like- <laughs> it's pretty good. And I think this one stands above a lot of them because – the girl seems so sweet, but she's also like really paranoid, and she's like convinced that her surgery never happened yeah, that and that they're being robbed. Like, don't she's asking, don't let them charge us. Did he get? <laughs> I mean, she's saying like I don't think they took him out, and she's got gauze coming out of her mouth. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't sure about this because I at first I was like, God, there's so many of these videos, but I get, I guess they usually turn out to be pretty good. Yeah. I just I mean, wish so that many mine... people do it, but usually have good results. I just wish I that mine was filmed. 
I don't. Yeah, I don't think mine was that interesting, though. I think it takes a, a certain person to have a good one. I'm sure mine was pretty. I just kept passing out. I'm kind of worried because my wisdom teeth are coming in. They're supposed to just come in, but they're kind of hurting. So I'm worried they might have to go. Well, yeah, you make sure there's a camera crew. There. Not a big deal, Sean. You're not even going to know that they were taken out. You're going to get all paranoid. <laughs> I've got these great extra teeth. Yeah, exactly. Okay, Jurassic Park on Melodica. So this is one, if someone comes into you and says, you've got to watch this funny video, you're going to be disappointed. But if you saw it like I did, which was someone saying, hey, check out this guy play the Jurassic Park song on Melodica, <laughs> and then you open up, and it's, they do move in herds, and then this, just the worst, you know, like, elementary school recorder, like, level. It's a Melodica. It's like one of those keyboards that has the little pipe mm-hmm. part that you breathe into. Yeah, and it sounds like a little kid's playing it. Like I, I saw the name, and I thought, oh, it's going to be like a cool instrument, and a guy's playing it. But no, it's footage of the movie, but they replaced the soundtrack with someone playing it on melodica. And it's got all these extra notes, and it sounds really bad. And it just totally ruins the moment, uh, Yeah, this majestic moment from the movie. <laughs> it just brings it down to this like really idiotic level, and I love it so much. This is one I, I had to watch uh, a handful of times. Just the, those last three notes are would get me every time. The eh, eh, eh. of course, you know, I had to show it to my brother, who's the biggest Jurassic Park fan. He yeah. just he ate it up because I it was. I know you're not big on this one. I wasn't that amused by it, really. Maybe my, it is because Sean put it to me. He's like, "This video is really funny." I was like, eh, "Whatever." I was expecting yeah, I had it. No expectation. I was expecting it. It to be like a really like beautiful recording of a, like a melodica, like some guy that's really good at playing it. So, I uh, I thought it was pretty funny. And this is just one of those things I love about the internet, where like you would never write this for like a sketch comedy show. You, I don't know how something like this would ever happen, or you know. Why, if you made this, you would feel you had to put it on the internet so anyone can see it. But god damn it, I love it. And it's like 30 seconds long. Yeah. And our last nominee is uh, Oh My Damn, which a little different uh, from the others because it it's the, uh, the Songify the News guys. Yes. Remixing a guy's review of Carl's, or no, uh, five, five guys, guys and fries, five guys, fries, and a burger, double bacon cheeseburger, or bacon cheeseburger at least, or something. It's a double it's bacon a dub- cheeseburger. It's a double. Get yourself a double, double cheeseburger. cheeseburger. Get a grocery bag. And uh, this guy is clearly passionate about food, and they really captured that in this song. Because who else takes a bite of a burger and goes, damn, damn, damn. But it's it's such a good song too. It's really catchy. I've been I was singing this all summer, and it even got me to go to Five Guys again, which I didn't even really care for the first time I went. But I love the song so much. It's like, well, I gotta go now. <laughs> yeah, that, that's pretty much what happened to me. And I'm just always quoting all the different lines. The cheese is oozing. Just so much passion. I love it. Song of the summer. For me. <laughs> All right, so now it comes down to picking a winner. If we're going off favorite, I go, oh, my damn. Sean, how would you go? I, I feel like, oh, my damn is a little, a little too produced. 
for me to just be mildly pleased about it. Plus, as you said, you were singing the song the whole summer. And that kind of elevates it a little, a little much to pleased in, in, in my book. That's a good point. Um, so I would probably go with Black Man vs. Three Ghost Peppers. So would I. Just because, you know, it's so organic. This guy had no idea what he was in for when he made this decision. He thought he did. <laughs> what do you think, Nancy? He, I feel like he did not think this through. Um, I, this is where I'm conflicted. Like Sean said, I can't pick Oh My Damn because it's too good. Yeah. So, that was the mistake of putting it on the list. We needed a fifth one. And we put in that was too good. Okay, so I can't pick that because it's my favorite. So I have to pick my you, second you favorite. <laughs> well, some people think it's mildly pleasing, but I think it's better than that. So the, I mean, the it's thing be you a good group said thing. about this uh, category was that a viral video you see it once and then you forget about it, and that inherently makes it mildly pleasing. But we were singing it out in real life. After we saw it, so it had a lasting. Effect. I think we just figured this is the only opportunity we'd ever get to talk about it, so we put it in there, even though it's probably better than mildly pleasing. So, what would you what would you lean towards next? Uh, well, not next. It's got to be third next, right? I, I, these are all mildly pleasing. So, I mean, if your favorite is still mildly pleasing to you, not pleasing, mildly pleasing. So as long as it doesn't. Fun. How do I know, Sean? As long as, as, long as it doesn't, uh, you'll know. It's it's just one of those things that's deep inside of you. If you would go all the way up to four stars, if you were rating it, it is. Too yeah, but that's the thing. Like, why would I ever rate an internet video? <laughs> uh, doesn't YouTube have stars? It does. You I, can rate them. That doesn't mean I ever would. Maybe <laughs> <laughs> you should. <coughs> just what's your second favorite? I just want to know. I just want to know. I'd probably say uh, Julian the Deathly Surgeon, just because I'm all about after dentist videos. No, I think that no, one's pretty good. That I think one's that's pretty good. Choice. But is it too good? Is the question. I don't think so. I think that's pretty mildly pleasing. I would agree. I mean, I'm not that passionate about most of them, except for Oh My Damn. So, yeah. My only knock against Julie. And Death Surgeon is maybe it's too long, but I guess that's one of those things where it's like you kind of want to keep going. It never has like a big laugh out moment. It's yeah. just consistently humorous. Yeah. And that's why I think it fits that so much. Like I feel like Black Members Ghost Peppers maybe too. It's getting better as we talk about it. It's elevating it to this level. So I would lean towards the dentist one. Colin, we haven't heard from you yet. I guess if that's the direction we're going into. Is, is You're the one saying it's got to be the most pleasing. mildly pleasing. That's fine. Not this the one is like the most. one that I got the most <laughs> mild pleasure out of. It's definitely in the middle. Jurassic Park on Malika, I didn't really laugh at all at it. Catch the Ice Dude had one big laugh. Black Man versus Three Ghost Peppers had a bunch of big laughs. No, my dance is too, too damn good. <laughs> Oh my so I don't know. I might go to I might go to to Ghost Pepper one. That's pretty funny. But I don't know if I'm going into it because I like it or it because I don't know. I just find it disappointing awarding something that I don't really like. 
<laughs> That's my inner. Well, you should. You should really like all of these because it's mildly pleased, not mildly disappointed, not neutral. <laughs> well, I do like all of them. Yeah, I go. I go. Deathly Surgeon. Why don't we? Is that was that good? Are we go. Are we going? I'm mildly disappointed. See, I'm feeling. <laughs> see, I I just feel like Black Man vs. Three Ghost Peppers is not more than mildly pleasing for me. I'm not like dreaming about how funny it is. <laughs> I watch it and I laugh. I'm all my life. But that's the thing. I'm not dreaming about any of these being that funny. Does that make sense? Sounds like. Yeah, I get it. So which one would you say is the most funny, then? I'd say Oh My Damn's the most funny. But, like, we're I, saying, I like, those people were too talented. Funny. It's just more memorable or something. I feel like I laughed more the first time I saw Black Man vs. Three Ghost Peppers than Oh My Damn. I know I did, but I was never into Oh My Damn as much as you guys. Mm-hmm. I guess yeah, it's it's more memorable just because the song's so catchy and I, yeah. I love all I love all the stuff those guys do. I feel like they write really great melodies to go along with these crazy videos. I don't know where we stand. I feel like we should just pick one and move on because it's it's not that big a deal. Well, Sounds like everyone would be a little bit pissed if Julian the Deathly Surgeon won. I think that's maybe the spirit of the award. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> Democracy. Uh, our most mildly pleasing event of 2012. Uh, this is probably the last one. We'll have to actually explain everything. Just to make sure everyone's on the same page. Uh, so the first one, I'm going with Eke Homo. Uh, this painting uh, is restored. Uh, if, if you didn't hear about this one, uh, there's this famous painting of Jesus in, uh, I want to say Spain, uh, that, uh, some old woman received a grant to restore and by restoring it, she just boldly painted over it and turned Jesus into what looks to be a monkey man. <laughs> Generously. That's a monkey man. I gotta look at it again, <laughs> but it doesn't even stop there. Uh, the you know the destruction of a classic work of art isn't enough because this image gets leaked on the internet. Of my God, look what happened to this painting because some poor old woman <laughs> was left in charge of restoring it, <laughs> and suddenly this museum has like a huge surge in people coming uh, just to look at this one painting. It's like you know, completely changed their business for them. Just the stupid destroyed painting to the point where the woman who restored it is like suing the museum now because she wants some of the money because it's her painting technically that's drawing <laughs> these visitors. It looks so bad. It looks like a monkey with elephant man disease. Its lip is like all swollen. Its hair is like an afro that goes all the way around the head, connects it to a beard. It has like it has black eyes with white pupils. It's so freaky looking. It's so bad. And to think that anyone would want money for this. Like, oh, I painted that. And I've heard talking about how she's like started painting other things. So, <laughs> Destroying a piece of artwork. 
they're famous. I just imagine this like great escalation of her like accidentally like doing one stroke too bold, and she's like, "Well, I can't go back now, so I've got to keep going." And it just keeps going until she's just ah, oh, it's so terrible. You've got to feel so bad if you do. <laughs> I mean, can you imagine? Taking a class. I mean, they have pictures well, of what the painting looked like. Uh, I was reading that it's not like a super important work of art. Yeah, I mean, well, it by classical art standards. But obviously, it wouldn't be, or they or would there have would some be old a lady. huge outrage if, if that was the case. It's just kind of a funny little thing that happened, <laughs> <laughs> and that's fine, I guess. Yeah, and in the end, Jesus has got plenty of paintings. He's he's got a lot. Yeah, <laughs> he's a pretty painted fellow. Everyone knows about Jesus, but does everyone know about Coney? No, and I, st- I we still were don't like. Excited. Yeah, I still don't quite understand Coney. I think I do either. Sean, you're like a Coney expert. Okay, <laughs> uh, I actually watched the video. I didn't. Yeah. This, this guy put out a video uh, about Joseph Coney. I don't know. He has some first name. I think it's Joseph Coney, mm-hmm. but his last name is right. Coney. He's this African warlord who, you know, has a child army. He does all the bad African warlord stuff. He's like the worst, though, I guess, according to this guy. <laughs> and uh, no one's doing anything about him. And so it was like January when this video came out. It was like a 27-minute, you know, it's a pretty long little documentary. This guy put out, and he was like, let's, like, we can do this. We can bring him down by putting, by, like, just talking about Coney a lot, like, Graffitiing his name everywhere, you know, posting about him on Facebook all the time, making his hashtag the most popular one on Twitter, watching this video all the time. We were just going to make Coney the constant subject of discussion. And eventually the media will be reporting on this all the time. And then eventually there will be enough pressure that the government will finally have to do something about Coney. Uh, maybe not the American government, but some government somewhere or the UN will finally step up and we can finally bring this guy down. You know, it's kind of an inspiring, hopeful video. Uh, also, you know, dark and depressing because it's about an African warlord. Uh, but, you know, a video that really is designed to give you hope in the power of the common man. And then it was all destroyed a few weeks later <laughs> when the guy who made the video suffered some sort of bizarre mental breakdown and was caught masturbating in public completely naked. He's jacking it in San Diego. I, I never heard I don't that know that part. That's the reason. Oh, you didn't? They even parodied that on South Park. He's like, you might as well just be jacketed in San Diego. And that's how the episode ended. <laughs> but I feel like it's more... I don't know if that's what makes it mildly pleasing that the guy had a mental breakdown. I think it's the fact that nothing really happened. And it's just kind of like this, I don't know, weekend warrior activist idea. Like, people weren't really going to do anything. Uh, this, I feel like this guy, he's more about... He might even be more about the attention than actually changing something. He probably cares. Well, but I don't know. He really did not react to the He's definitely a weird guy. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the, I've heard like the Ugandan government is like, we do not want American involvement in this anyway. We do not want to see them try to help change anything. That will make things much worse. We can, we're going to try to take care of this ourselves. <laughs> and then I, it, was, it was so confusing to me for such a long time. I kept seeing all the bumper stickers. I was like, this guy running for president? Who's Cody 2012? <laughs> It was so confusing to me. It took me forever till I, I finally was interested enough to read up on it. But not watch the video. Yeah, I've never watched the video. It doesn't seem like anything's happened. <laughs> so yeah, Whatever. that for me is the, kind of what makes this the shoe in is 
because you really it's supposed to be this thing that gets everyone jazzed but up. But it's just a thing you're like kind of not <laughs> you kind of know about it, but you're not like quite sure what's going on there. But people seem to care. But it's yeah. like, why should I give a shit? Yeah, and that also describes our next topic, which is Lynn Sanity. Uh, this one you know, affected me for in Seattle. a large way. Okay, well, what was your? Uh, well, I want to hear. I want to hear Sean uh, introduce it first. Okay. <coughs> well, four Seattle boys aren't going to care a lot about really anything going on in basketball at this point. It's just not our way, I guess, as a city. Uh, but then on top of that, it being like New York, it's like ugh, and then it being like this this basketball guy who's like. Basically, T Bowen at the time, like playing above his level, probably. <laughs> people are like obviously getting way too excited about it. Just for me, I was like, oh, God, this has got to go away. Like, I remember it got to the point people were like, they've said Lynn Sanity enough. It could be in the dictionary this year. And I'm like, I, no, fuck that. <laughs> he's just a man. Just a and I man. guess it is kind of inspiring because he's, he's, Asian, and I guess he he dealt with like racial profiling his whole career. People totally underestimated him just because he's an Asian dude playing basketball. But uh, I don't know. I don't really care about what was he even on the Knicks. He's on the Knicks, yeah. Yeah, the Knicks. Come on. I feel like the Knicks are like an okay New York team to like because they haven't been really good in a while. <laughs> They're really good this year. Okay, Nancy. Yeah, Nancy. What was your story or your connection to? Oh, well, my Jeremy connection Lynn? is this all happened when I was working at uh, the radio station, uh, and I would do um, one of my main shifts was Mike and Mike in the morning, which is a national ESPN show. And basically, my only job is to um, listen to the show, play the commercial breaks, and uh, and like I record um, uh, little clips for for the local shows to play, you know, on their shows if they want to. And I guess it was a good thing for me because no one in Seattle cared about Linsanity. So it made my job easier because they would talk about Linsanity 24 hours a day on the show. And uh, so I'd never have to actually, like, you know, cut up any audio. But it got really tiring after a while to, to listen to Linsanity. Another funny thing is my sister watched these like weird YouTube videos from this Asian guy who was like, you know, I don't know how to describe him. He just thought he was like really funny. And he was like friends with Jeremy Lin, like when he was on the Warriors like two years ago. And like, so Jeremy Lin was like in all these videos, these random YouTube videos. And I was like, wait, that's the, that's the Lin Sanity guy. So pretty much was like best friends with him before, like he was famous. So you know, that's my story. <laughs> that's kind of cool. That's a mildly pleasing. Well, story. didn't even like process. I didn't. I didn't even process it. Like it was a thing. I was so unattached from it. I didn't pay attention to any of it. I was like, oh, it's okay. That's my story. <laughs> but the controversial thing because that sure. people why why people yeah. were all upset about it is because. The Knicks have another guard named Carmelo Anthony, and he's a really good shooter, and, and he was hurt at the time. So, like, everyone was like, well, Carmelo's not going to let this fly because Jeremy Lin's all about, like, passing the ball around, and, you know, Carmelo's all about not passing and 
just shooting every time. And so people are like, what the fuck? People are freaking out, <laughs> man. Good. That's good to know. In the realm of athletics, how about the Olympics? How about the Olympics? They were in London. Yeah. What were some of the memorable things? We had, uh, we had James Bond and the Queen jumping out of a plane. There was the fact that they showed a nipple in water polo, and then NBC banned showing all women's water polo for the rest of time. <laughs> the rest of time? Was that really? Yeah. Banned forever? I did not know that. Let's see, what else? There's the Michaela Maroney not impressed face. How do you guys feel about that? I was, I was digging it. I like, that she, <laughs> I like that she's into it, too. Like, she's still going around, like, meeting the president. And yeah, like, she did that with the president. Yeah. She wasn't impressed. <laughs> like, that's good. <laughs> Oh, there's also Blade Runner got to compete in the Olympics. The Oscar Pretorius or whatever his name How did he do? with the robot, the metal legs. He didn't do anything interesting. He didn't do that great. So that was. A, and that I think that's day. probably the story of the Olympics, though. <laughs> like none of the really inspiring stories turned out that well this year. I mean, Michael Phelps won the most ever. Hooray! Way to go, Michael Phelps. You rich stoner bastard. Yeah, there wasn't really as, good, as many good underdog stories. Uh, the opening ceremony was all right. You know, you kind of, I mean, obviously it's not going to live up to Beijing. Obviously. It's ridiculous. Uh, but you'd think Britain could, could do a little better. A little better. And, the, and then NBC's coverage being so fucked. <laughs> uh, you know, maybe if I was in Britain, I would have had a better time. Like, because, you know, NBC, like, telling you the results of events in commercial breaks and then not airing the events till like, eight hours later <laughs> is, God, it was so stupid. Like, I, I feel like with, with Beijing, we could just, go, it was on TV all the time somewhere. And you yeah. could, like, go online and, and tune in, too. And here it was like, you've got, like, a four-hour window to watch our shit, the, the shit we choose. And that's going to be freestyle trampoline and then 70 hours of diving every night. Mm-hmm. I just... God. Olympics are supposed to be hella fun. You just like can't get enough of them for like know, two, three weeks. Instead, it's just there. Yet you watch most of it. I feel like I've watched more than I like needed to. For, and like, I, I like this okay. <laughs> but I'm just watching it for, because of the Olympics. I don't know. It's weird. It's only every four years. Mm-hmm. That's that's special. What's well, every year is the World Series. This is a big one, Colin. This is a big one for you. It wasn't really, <laughs> and uh, I mean, I'm I'm somewhat of a Giants fan. They're my uh, number one National League team because I went to school in San Francisco, and my what was my third year. I was going to school there. The Giants went to the World Series for the first time that they actually won it all, uh, being in San Francisco. That was 2010. And that was really exciting, just being in the city uh, while that whole thing was going on. You could kind of feel this electricity in the air. But uh, this World Series, the Giants, uh, they went back to play the Tigers uh, I was in Seattle when this whole World Series took place, so it wasn't quite the same. Uh, wasn't a terribly exciting World Series, I think. The, 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 quick one. Well, they yeah, swept them, right? They swept them. So, uh, 
Brian Wilson wasn't playing. Brian Wilson wasn't playing. And it was just like, yeah, I saw this two years ago. It was more exciting then. This is fine, you know. Yeah. I mean, it's you're pleased. It's better than really any other team winning the World Series, except for the Mariners, for me. But uh, you know, it's good. But uh, I didn't get super excited about it the way I did in 2010. The way that one guy did, who was like smashing in all his buses in that picture. <laughs> yeah, I was kind of disappointed because I feel like the Detroit Tigers are kind of the underdog, and it's been, I assume, a long time since they were in the World Series. So I don't I was know like, if oh, were... this is cool. This is this is. New. I don't know if they were. Huh? I don't know if they were considered an underdog. I mean, they had the triple crown winner and Prince Fielder, who they just signed. <laughs> so that's true. I guess. I guess it's just been such a long time, and it was cool to see them in the World Series, and then for them to not really do anything was a bummer. I don't know. Just seeing the Tigers and being reminded of Doug Fister and <laughs> Prince Fielder brings me down a lot. I don't like having to see the Tigers. I don't know, this sounds kind of disappointing in the, that, that aspect. That aspect, because I kind of like the Tigers. I used to be on their mailing list, so <laughs> by accident, <laughs> I used to get Detroit, and that was when they sucked. Probably that couldn't have been that many seasons after their <coughs> worst like season ever, two thousand three. That's cool. They've they've come a long way. Well, they were in the World Series in what, like two thousand six or something. Oh, really? Yeah. So they recovered in in good time. Anyway, yeah. What's 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 your pick, Colin? My pick? Yeah. Of all these? Yeah. Um. I don't know. This is a <laughs> weird one. <laughs> I think I Olympics. Because I get excited for the Olympics, and there's certain things I look forward to each event, but then it always turns out to just be, oh yeah, okay, that's so, what that is. So it's like it's built up way in your mind, but then you get to it, you're like, wait, but why it's not I'm like so I'm, excited I'm not this? like devastated. I'm just like, oh, that's what that is. I am watching this. Let's go on to the next event. <laughs> yeah, I uh, feel like I'm always, I'm never. Um... But that excitement makes me sort of pleased. Like, ooh, this is gonna be cool. Who's gonna win this? Even if I know eight hours before I get to see it. Uh, what about you, Matt? Uh, I mean, I like baseball, so uh, I don't know. I was mildly disappointed in the Olympics because it didn't have baseball for the first time in a long time. It's fucking England, man, bringing me down. But um, all right. Well, I would say, uh, to me, Eke Homo is the funniest story of the year. But it's also a story about destruction of art, so you can't be too happy about and it. I hate the or fact or that creation of art. Money. The follow-up to that, I don't like. But I know what you're saying. It's, it's definitely the funniest of these. It's the one I probably enjoy. I don't know. Uh, and I, I still think <laughs> Coney 2012, like for what it was intended to be, to what it turned out to be, is. I guess actually pretty dark and sad. Yeah, I don't really feel like it's pleasing. <laughs> I like I can laugh at it, I guess, because I didn't get like caught up in the movement. And I think it's like funny how many people did, and <laughs> then he's like out there jerking it. Yeah. Well, I, c- I could sway towards Ek Homo, not so much the World Series because I was disappointed. I wanted to see a, f- a good match matchup, and it really wasn't. 
and that's disappointing to me. So, so it's on the other end, for it me, sounds like, bit. and I kind of cut Matt off, so maybe you have something to say. But it sounds to me like Eke Homo and the Olympics are the big two right now. Yeah, I'd be, I'd be okay. I with think that. I would go. What Colin? With what? I just said I'd be good with the Olympics. Okay. All right. Because I got a little bit of enjoyment out of watching it. Not a ton. I wasn't enthralled by the Olympics. But it was like, yeah, they're on. Let's watch it. I feel like I won some medals. I feel like Eke Homo could get worse because it hasn't. that story's not quite dead. (laughs) The lady's still going, doing stuff. So it might be like, God, I wish this thing had never even started. This lady making these terrible paintings, and maybe there's a point where she will be successful somehow. <laughs> like she becomes a famous painter. Yeah, or but, a famous bad painter. And, <laughs> I, I like to think that her career is now, you know, injected with new life by like people give her works of art to ruin. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be a great YouTube channel. Let's ruin it. Yeah. Subtly. All right, so the Olympics wins. Olympics. Okay, I'm going to say the Olympics are the most mildly pleasing event of 2012. And from here on out, um, I'm just going to read the nominees, and we can just debate it. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so the most mildly pleasing TV show, our nominees are How I Met Your Mother, It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, Modern Family, South Park, and The Office. Let's see, how many of these shows did I watch is the, is the question I must first ask myself. Two. <laughs> Sean, you saw all of them. I've seen all of these. Um, I would say South Park has been about what it's always been, quality-wise, which has been mildly pleasing for a while. Um, but it's, I don't feel like I need to like s- single out this year for any reason. I don't know. It was weird. There's a couple episodes that I liked more than some episodes of the past. There's the Sarcastaball one, which I really enjoyed, where they invent this football-like sport where everyone acts really sarcastic about everything. <laughs> oh, this this game is so cool. And then that CeeLo singing the national anthem. <laughs> I love that. Sarcastaball is, like, so awesome. It's just... That was a good one. And I liked the Honey Boo Boo one. And they had James Cameron trying to raise the bar by going... <laughs> Sub- yeah, yeah, that's pretty good. All right, so I wouldn't put South Park on this list. Yeah, okay. And another one I wouldn't put on this list is uh, Modern Family because I think it's officially disappointing at this point. Uh, if because we're if we're counting everything that aired in 2012, uh, I guess you could say the first half of this season's been a little stronger. But I thought the last half of last season was like borderline bad for me. I was not enjoying the show anymore at that point. Yeah, I mean, I, I kind of checked out in the last half of <laughs> the season before, and I'll I'll watch. I've watched this season every once in a while. I'll watch an episode or two, and I'm always like, "This is fine." I'll get a couple laughs out of it. I guess the main reason I put it up for consideration is it just pisses me off so much that it wins the outstanding comedy series every year when it is. Just an all right show mm-hmm. it's fine it's not doing anything spectacular 
And so I just felt like this this is the award it deserves. <laughs> that was kind of my reasoning for putting it up. Well, I don't feel like we need to give it any more awards. It's got plenty. <laughs> okay, I'm just saying, if it deserves an award, this is the one. An award for being competent, not outstanding, as the Emmys would, would tell you. All right, well, let's, I guess we can keep it in there. Um, I'm just going to keep eliminating, if I can. Uh, I would eliminate It's All Sunny in Philadelphia, because I think last season was really strong. I think it was better than it's been in a few There's years. There's plenty of room. Well, how did you, did you watch the season, Nancy? Yeah. Yeah, what did you think? I liked it. I yeah, mean, I mean, like, I th- there's a couple episodes where I was like, yeah, this is pretty good, I think. Sometimes that show, I like it better in reruns. It's weird. Yeah, I've, I've noticed has, that, too. It's weird. I feel like it has just as much potential right now, though, to be as good as it's ever been. Like, they could still bring out a really great episode. I don't know if there's any episodes for me this season that I, I really felt like is a real breakout episode. But I still feel like this show can rise above mildly pleasing, and it does every once in a while. So I would probably eliminate well, it. Yeah, yeah, okay. I, I think last season was like really, really good. Yeah, and and then the 2012 season, which is also last season, I guess, because it's over now. Sorry to talk about that. Uh, you know, they they made the whole format of the show a little more experimental and. In their, it was basically a whole season about like redoing ideas and and repurposing stuff they'd already done. I thought that was kind of interesting. It was always a show I looked forward to watching, which is not something I could say about the the two I'm leaving, uh, The Office and How I Met Your Mother. Because, I mean, let's talk about the back half of last season, The Office. Jesus Christ. I was so excited about Robert California, and then that just turned out to be the shittiest thing that ever happened to that show. Why? Because he was a character who worked great in short bursts, but then like trying to make him this weird, aloof main character of the show killed it. It was unsettling. It's, yeah. <laughs> he, was, he was creepy and weird, and they clearly like, didn't know what to do with him at all. Would have worked if it was like a drama, maybe. Maybe that's always <laughs> what I hoped the show would would be. That's what they should have done. They just should have made the, the season just completely straight, and serious, <laughs> really dramatic. In fact, I, you know, to me, I think The Office takes it um, because it's been kind of an upswing this season, the season that's going on right now, because uh, Greg Daniels is back involved with the show. Uh, I think he's even writing episodes now. Just because they're closing it out pretty soon. I hear they're going to be airing the farm pilot as an episode of The Office, which worries me. Uh, but when the other, when to me, the only competition for most mildly pleasing shows is How I Met Your Mother, I think it's got to be The Office because, sure, How I Met Your Mother are like drags and sometimes for a few weeks in a row, the episodes won't seem that strong. Yeah, it'll be like, all right. But I feel like, like the episode before the break, I loved that. That episode. was it was, it was it, so good. And what f- fucked what's so fucked up about it is it like made you go back and like rethink all the sh- shitty episodes yeah. in between, like the last good episode and then this episode. Because like this whole all those not so great episodes were setting up. Yeah, this really good one. And yeah, that episode really reminded me of what this show can be at its best. It's just really snappy jokes flying left and right, and also just really heartfelt and. 
And uh, yeah, I kind of wish more of the, more of this 2012 half seasons were were like that. Although I am like a little depressed that they decided to do a ninth season. Yeah, I was really ready for this to be the last. Whatever, though. I still say The Office. Is this the last Office season? This is the last Office season. Yeah. It's a show that's on, but I don't mind that it's on. But I also don't mind if I miss it. Yeah. So I feel like that sums it up. I'll watch it every <laughs> once in a while. I won't be disappointed. I won't be dying with laughter. But I'll be like, yeah, this is fine. I felt like there I was a few... Parks and Rec is... Yeah, I felt like there was a few instances last season of The Office where I, like... Every once in a while, there would be one gag or one scene where I would just be dying laughing, and then that would that would yeah. hold me to keep watching the show, even though there maybe there's <laughs> maybe there's three or four episodes that are not very good at all. But it's twenty minutes of my life, you know. If I can get that one uh, that one get one more gag, then I'll, it'll be worth my time. And I, I definitely think this season has been on Best. an upswing. Yeah, best thing about this current season, Jim and Pam, I don't just hate them. Yeah, exactly. I'm, I, I'm pretty all right with them. All right. Albums. Albums. Listen to a lot of albums this year, haven't you, Sean? I've listened to over 80 albums this year. <laughs> I'd say a lot. But you guys haven't. So we narrowed it down to five albums that at least two of us had heard, but none of us thought they you know, had a shot at, a, at our top ten list or, or anything even close to it, I guess. Uh, and those are The Only Place by Best Coast, Wrecking Ball by Bruce Springsteen, Channel Orange by Frank Ocean, uh, Blunderbuss by Jack White, and The Second Law by Muse. Does anyone want to eliminate anything? Or just go forward with like, this is what it's got to be. <laughs> Well, I didn't actually listen to Channel Orange. Can you guys tell me about that one a little bit? Channel Orange is the greatest album that came out last year, uh, according to apparently. everyone. That's what everyone <laughs> keeps telling me. It's like the instant classic album of this year. But I don't know. I just listen to it, and I think it's pretty good R&B. It's not, like, mind-blowing. It's not, like, unlike anything I've ever heard. It just seems like a nice sort of modern take on, on R&B. I don't know. I don't... I don't really quite see the brilliance. Yeah, and I enjoy it. I just yeah, I enjoy it. Yeah, that, that's that's about right. Because, and I guess it is great because I don't like listen to a lot of R and B, but I can like kind of get into Frank Ocean if I really worked at it. I guess <laughs> I I'm like this. This is no. This is this is good yeah. because of this. But yeah, Channel Orange to me is like okay. Let's go listen to stuff I like more now. <laughs> I listened to some iTunes previews. It, it seemed a little boys to many. <laughs> that maybe not be fair to me, but I I don't hate that. So mm. <laughs> maybe that's that's good. Like I'm like all right. He's got a great voice. Sounds like there's some more interesting things he's doing with the production. Maybe. Yeah, maybe not. <laughs> I think so. I, honestly, I think it's probably a little better than mildly pleased. I just I I applaud Sean for putting it on the list just because I do think it is a pretty overrated album in my opinion. I also thought this would be our only place to actually acknowledge it. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's going to be on anyone's list. No. Uh, the one I'm kind of leaning towards is Jack White's Blunderbuss. That's an album I saw turn up on a, a number of top 
albums of the year list, but I listened to it once, and that was enough. Yeah. Because it just sounds like Jack White doing his Jack White thing. I don't see how it's any better or worse than like the second Tours album. Yeah. I mean, it's nothing he hasn't already done. I remember there's one song on here that I really like. It's really the only one that I really like, and that's 16 Saltines, because it it's kind of White Stripes. And I was like, I wish this was a White Stripes album. He's gotten so caught up in all this production. I mean, he's, it's good. He's a good producer. Uh, but there's nothing about it that's like, I don't, I, like, I don't feel like any of it's groundbreaking or anything. Yeah, it's just, I don't feel like he tried that hard. He's just, yeah, whatever. It's weird. It's like for years people bitched about Meg White being a bad drummer, but I honestly think she made Jack White more sort of creative in the ways that he was writing songs by her being sort of limited musically. And I, I just feel like with a polished backing band, he's not quite as interesting as an artist. So definitely mildly pleasing for me as well. I would agree with Colin on that one. Yeah, I think it's a good choice just because it's one where I can't really fault it for anything. Yeah, it's like fine. It's not like really disappointing, but it's just like this is what you would kind of expect a Jack White solo album. Yeah, sound like. I guess, yeah, to me it's, it's almost just disappointing because I wouldn't really want a Jack White solo album. Mm -hmm. I also feel so overwhelmed by how much Jack White material there seems to be. He's in so many different bands. He produces so many different people. I kind of want him to take a little break. I mean, this was fine, but I want him to work towards something that's great. I mean, some people thought it was great, though, and I'm not, I don't get it. <laughs> it's weird. But yeah, definitely mildly pleasing. That's my pick. I can live with Mine, that. too. Yeah, uh, okay. Should we just do that? Not even talk about yeah. the other ones? I think that's fine. It's so, unanimous. Unless you heard any of these, Matt. Incorrect. No. <laughs> Uh, so I guess our uh, most mildly pleasing album, Blunderbuss. So here's here's where we're gonna get to something you guys might have thought we were missing when we talked about viral videos. It's our most mildly pleasing song of 2012, and our nominees are "Call Me Maybe" by Carly Rae Jepsen, Jepsen, uh, "Gum Gum Style" by Psy, "Somebody That I Used to Know" by Gautier. Too Close by Alex Clare, and We Are Young by Fun. All of these songs we heard a lot. None of these songs we were really looking to hear ever. <laughs> we, we weren't going out of our way to hear these songs. Three of them I heard in commercials first, I can say that. Of course, Too Close was mm. the uh, Internet, Internet Explorer. Explorer ad. And I heard it just for the first time. I thought it was so stupid the first time. Like, this guy thinks it's so cool, so tough. It kind of, like, grew on me in a way. But also at the same time, like, this is so stupid. Like, this is, I'm not, this is not my kind of music. <laughs> I I remember another experience I had with this song where I was waiting outside of, like, a biology class at school. And I sat next to this really big, like, white football player guy, just told, told bro. And he had one of those backpacks with like the built-in speakers or something. You ever see those? Those musical mm -hmm. backpacks. And he just had this song. Everyone was waiting down the hallway, just blasting. He was all about it. Feels like that. I'm like, yeah. This song was written for that guy. I can respect that, but I don't want to go any further into that world. <laughs> <laughs> it's has got this stupid like dubstep backing to it. Like that would the song would not have that if this was released in any other year besides 2012. This was the year of dubstep, really. 
Yeah, there's a lot of guilty pleasures that I have to some of these songs. So I think Gong Gong Style, the music video, is what made that for me. I, I think it's, you know, it's seeing this pudgy dude in a suit, like, so sincerely doing this dumb dance and yelling at ladies' butts and crawling out between these guys' legs in an elevator. That is that is a spectacular music video. A staggering amount of confidence. <laughs> I know, that's what, just, that's what stands out to me, his confidence. Uh, and that that music video, I'm very pleased with with that, no doubt about it. But the actual song became a hit. Like I heard it on the radios in America, which is kind of interesting because I can't remember ever hearing a song in a foreign language on the radio before. Macarena. <laughs> this is the new Macarena song. <laughs> the dance is a little harder though. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> But yeah, this is I saw a commercial this is on the latest kids bop. Like are kids gonna learn Korean now? Is this like what's the deal with that? This this song is everywhere. I, I, I remember having this moment where I was at school and I was uh, I was just in my dorm taking a shower and I get out of the shower and I'm just thinking about the song just for whatever reason and then I hear a guy out in the hallway go, sexy lady. <laughs> it's like everybody's thinking about it at the same time. It's like you can't get it out of your head and that kind of annoys you, but I don't think it's like a, a bad song. It's just so it's everywhere. To me, it's party rock anthem of 2012. <laughs> Total party rock it, anthem. It, kind of, it does sound like a Korean version of that song. It's <laughs> and I never I never looked up what the lyrics meant, but I, I got the impression it was something kind of like that, just like being fancy, well, going to the club. I told you what it's about, Sean. It's about like Ganyam. St- Ganyam is like a uh, like a neighborhood in South Korea. And it's like, you know, where all the cool, slick celebrities hang out and party and stuff. So, like, that's what it means. Like, Gunyam Style is like... But that's just what Gong... That's just Gong Gong Style. Like, I don't know what all the other lyrics mean. Oh, well. It's just... Do you? Talking about how (laughs) awesome it is. I can't wait for the American version, if that is out there. Probably is. It's gotta be. Everybody... You heard the song there's parodies oh yeah i've never seen a good parody on this don't watch don't don't watch gungan style <laughs> it's not good i haven't seen a gundam style yet but i see that there uh, have you seen the one that's like the uh, fact that what was it i'm a, i must be on a way big delay you are okay well anyways <laughs> um have you seen the one that's like uh, Spartan style. It's like a, it's like this, this high school that's the Spartans, and and it's a student produced video, and it doesn't even like match up like, at all, and it's probably the funniest thing I've ever heard. I gotta say it now. That sounds that sounds amazing. Na, 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 Spartan style. No, na, the weirdest. Na, 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 na. <laughs> the weirdest Gangnam style video I saw was in Robin McKenna was dancing to it the politician is like wow he made that so uncool he wasn't even trying <laughs> yeah what an asshole i wonder if he fucking lost all right well, do you want to touch on any of these other songs we are young uh i think was the good choice instead of some nights because that song for whatever reason bugs the shit out of me we are we are young is a song where i like i really like the chorus but i hate the verse the verse to me is so lame and unmemorable just kind of singing along to some piano. 
I don't know why I like hate that so much. I've been like, yeah, I don't like it when he gets to the chorus. I really but I don't like the song as a whole. <laughs> so, <laughs> I really grew to to like uh, somebody that I used to know. I heard it a lot in the gym, which was weird because like the quiet part at the beginning, it's like you couldn't hear it in the gym. Like so, for like two minutes, you kind of heard it very, very, very faintly. Which is weird because any other gym I've been to, like like the one at Central, all they play in the weight room is like Slipknot, like straight blasting. <laughs> so to play this song, which is kind of like tender and quiet, and at least for the first like two minutes, it was, was kind of weird. Yeah, I like this, this song. My, the weird thing that I thought about it is that I never really felt like there was a hook in that song, like a big hook, like, oh, here's the part that everybody sings along to or anything. Uh, you know, these, all these other hits. Of Somebody! It's just like, yeah, this guy kind of sounds like Sting. It's pleasant. But I, don't, I, like, I didn't get why it was so memorable. Like, I, I liked it okay. I, did, I certainly didn't dislike it. But I don't, I don't understand why it was so popular. How did that happen? I don't know, but I could not fucking escape this song. <laughs> uh, it's the first half of this year, especially. Like, it's getting posted on Reddit, and I'm like, just trying to look at pictures of cats. There's fucking this song. <laughs> I, was, I was working in Seattle, and th- they have this, like, rickshaw service, like, dude on a bike with a rickshaw, and he's, like, driving by, blasting somebody that I used to know twice in one day. God, I couldn't get away. And, of course, you know, as a writer kills me that it's not somebody who I used to know. Like, I had professors who would have shot me dead if I turned in a paper called somebody that I used to know. I don't know. I give it a pass. You're a creative writer, Colin. Well, it's also because there's background. an Elliot Smith song called Somebody That I Used To Know. It's like... Uh, for me, he's one of the best songwriters <laughs> the last 20 years or so. So, Whatever. I just think this song is boring. I don't know why anyone likes it, honestly. It never impressed me. Do you see the music video where he's like naked? And, like, yeah, and he's like, on? I'm so introspective. I'm so, I'm so emotional. Look at me. I'm emotionally naked. It's like a metaphor. It's well, like, I, fuck this guy. If Colin doesn't like it, I feel like that's got to disqualify thing. It's got to be more. It's fine. It's fine. All right. Well, so I'm trying to make it I think I dislike it, too. <laughs> yeah. Okay, well, what's I'm the, all bad. Holly Maybe's on this. Uh, <laughs> I want to hear someone else talk about I'm, it. I'm going to go on my way. I'm going to say I actually like this song. Okay. I think the fact that it is a TD Bopper bubblegum pop song hurts it, but I think it's just a well-constructed pop song. I think it's just really catchy and straight to the point. Now that Colin has a uh, come out so bravely, I'm going to back him. I'm all about this song. <laughs> I had it in my head, like, (laughs) literally, like, Sarah would, like, yell at me to stop whistling it. Like, I'd be whistling it or humming (laughs) it, just walking around the house, like, not even knowing that I was. Because once I got going, I I could not stop. It was a a daily battle in in my mental state. Can you explain to me why it's crazy to give someone your number and ask them to call you? It's just not something that people do, I think. You know, you're not expecting. You just run into the sky, and it's like this sort of rush of emotions. It's uh, kind of crazy. It's crazy. Now, see, if if guys (laughs) do... for me, what this song is... Go ahead. Oh, sorry. 
if uh if guys do that to girls it's weird so that's like the whole i feel mm-hmm. like from teeny bopper guys standpoint it's like oh my god this would be so awesome <laughs> <laughs> this should happen more what was weird for me about this song is i i, I heard people sing it before i actually ever heard the song for weeks i was just hearing people talk oh i'm so sick of the song I'm like what song i've never heard this because i don't listen to Same like pop. i don't know how people were like listening to it like i don't listen to pop radio or anything how am i supposed to hear this song eventually i finally heard it it's entirely like a grocery store like a month ago <laughs> it's like so that's what this is and i don't i mean it's not my kind of song really it seems okay I like that we're at this point where we're not just uh, cynical and hate everything that's mainstream pop. We can actually. Oh, well, this is so much better than like that Taylor Swift. Like, we will never, ever, 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 never, ever get back. Never, ever, ever. Yeah, it's way better than that. That's noise of shit out of me. Uh, But if you guys sound like you're really passionate about calling me, maybe I think that means you really like it. I don't think that means it can win. I think think she meant that your ringtone and your MySpace song. Too late. Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, if I had to lean, I don't know. This is, I, I probably lean towards just for me. We are young because I like the course, but I don't like the rest of it. I don't know if that makes any sense. I don't know. I, I could go multiple uh, ways on see, this. For me, we are young is the one that's closest to something I would probably actually be listening to. So that might be that's a knock against it. So that's probably another uh, cut. Too close, I think, is my pick. Just because, like, yeah, it's dumb. <laughs> yeah, this is dumb. I'm gonna enjoy it anyways. <laughs> yeah, I think that would be my pick too. I could go with "We Are Young" too. Um, but too close is the funniest choice. Yeah, I think it is. And it's clever because it's not gang. No, so everybody. Would yeah, we could just do Gangnam Style, and no one would care. <laughs> No one would care. No. They'd be like, all right, where'd it go? We're giving Alex Claire his day. <laughs> this is as good as he's ever going to get. And by the way, we didn't actually look up if any of these actually came out in 2012. Most of them are at least popular this year. Yeah. That's enough. Don't complain. Uh, now we're going to take a, a brief break and talk about Lifetime Achievement Award. Uh, in the field of being mildly pleasing <laughs> for an entire career. For a career of Mild pleasure. Uh, this year we're looking for a male actor, it turns out. <laughs> <laughs> We've decided we'd like to honor a male actor. And uh, the five we think stand at the uh, very pinnacle of mild pleasure are Billy Crystal, Bruce Willis, Dennis Quaid, Guy Pierce, and Liam Neeson. And uh, I think Guy Pierce practically runs away. <laughs> <laughs> well, why is that? Because he's like the most unremarkable person <laughs> in film. You just kind of see like this actor that I like, but like his face is like a blank canvas. Yeah, doesn't have anything distinguishing about his his physical appearance or his acting style. He's just a man. It's yeah. kind of funny. I've never been really uh, excited to see him show up on screen. I've never hated him in anything. It's just always like he's there, and I'm like, well, okay, okay. sure. Guy Pierce, yeah, he, he could use the yeah, word. Memento. Yeah, sure. sure. 
Well, I think he's pretty good memento. He is. Yeah. That's maybe it for me. I was, at least mm-hmm. like maybe a couple others probably. Yeah, I think LA Confidential. But let's look at this year. He did Lawless, which I saw, which was fine. He was okay. He, he wasn't had, a huge uh, role. Lockout, also known as Space Jail, the movie, <laughs> which looked terrible. But you know, he's he's just getting work. He's just doing his job. And let's not forget Prometheus, mm-hmm. where he plays an old man. Uh, even though he very clearly is way too fit to be an old man. <laughs> and the makeup just doesn't... How is it... <laughs> the makeup technology has regressed in the era of computer effects. I thought it was fine. What's so bad about he it? He looks monstrous. He doesn't look like an old man. He's hella old. He looks he's... like Gollum. They, they, yeah, like, I don't they, know. They have a counter. He's like, he's just death. Why couldn't they just <laughs> stay... So uh, close to... Why couldn't they just get an actual old man? They... Did you know they actually cast Max von Sydow to play that part? And then they decided they wanted to do that weird fake TED talk. And so they got Guy Pierce for that. And then the Ridley Scott was like, fuck it, let's just keep Guy Pierce. Because <laughs> they use him for the viral marketing, so just stick with it. He's good enough. He can do it. <laughs> and I feel like if you can be blase about an actor like that, that's pretty. That, that shows a, a lifetime of. Mild pleasure. Yeah, I feel like all these act- other actors, they've had their moments. Sure. Yeah. Uh, Billy Crystal was once great. Yeah. Uh, when Harry met Sally. I mean, there's only so much I'd expect out of like a, a 60-something-year-old Jewish comedy point, guy. I, I think we're – are we doing the whole career though? I feel like we're doing more recently. I, mean, I like the, the fact that he's still around. Lifetime, oh, lifetime I achievement. Think it's the whole okay. Career. Whole career. But at this point, it's like he hasn't really done anything worthwhile. Not since like in, Monsters Inc. In yeah, in about a decade. <laughs> I mean, he hosted the Oscars, which is uh, he did. He finished hosting. <laughs> he didn't cop out. <laughs> he completed the job. There's nothing amazing about it. He was in that really terrible looking Bette Midler. Their parental parental guidance. guidance. Which uh, he apparently gets hit in the nuts. Because <laughs> people like to see 60-something-year-old Jewish Korean get hit in the nuts. I do not understand yeah, that at all. That's what the kids are into. Oh, Billy Crystal. Yeah, but he's he's had his, his uh, big moments. And Bruce Willis had some pretty good moments this year. It just he makes so many movies every year that are... Yeah, it's weird that he seems actions. to still be getting bigger somehow. Yeah. Even though he's getting so old and he can just do action movies. But even this year, he had Looper and Moonrise Kingdom, which were both pretty good. Strong performances in both. So, I guess that takes him out. Uh, Dennis Quaid, I don't <laughs> Dennis Quaid was an early favorite. <laughs> For some reason. I don't even know. I feel like most of his movies go straight to DVD. Maybe he is less than knowledge. <laughs> Maybe probably. even. He seems like a nice guy. I'd say he's a good actor. There's I just can't a, think of many movies I've seen him in. Far From Heaven? Far From Heaven, uh, the Todd Haynes movie, was probably the last really good thing he did he's really good in that movie but uh since then uh he's just kind of vantage point vantage point kind of just being the dad in romantic comedies uh legion that demon movie we was in that yeah wow all right he's in a lot of it seems like he's in a lot of really crappy thrillers and really bad horror movies that go straight to dvd there's so many dennis quaid movies on netflix like i've never even heard of this it looks <laughs> awful but it looks really menacing and dark. Yeah. And just, just so we can bring him up, I think it's down to these two. Uh, Liam Neeson. Uh, man's great. Whatever. He's, he's restarted his career as an action star. Whatever. 
Let him do it. The man's great. He's had, he's paid his dues. Yeah, it's funny. It's he's in these movies that I'd say are mildly pleasing, but he's always so entertaining because he's so intense that I always feel like he slightly rises above the material, which makes it. I mean, not doesn't make it that much better, but it, it's like I'm kind of still kind of interested in checking it out his movies. So we watched The Gray together. <laughs> and uh, you guys did not stay to see the scene after the credits. No, I heard about it, though. Very exciting. So watch all of The Gray to get the full experience okay. of that movie. So Dennis Quaid versus Guy Pierce. I think it's got to be Guy Pierce because with Guy Pierce, he's in a movie. You can expect solid performance. And generally, he's picking worthwhile projects. Yeah. I think he's an Iron Man 3. As some I mean, King's corporate was, guy. I think he was in Animal Kingdom, right? I mean, he's 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 doing all right. Yeah. Versus Dennis Quaid, he's all over the map. <laughs> you probably don't you probably don't want to see what he's in. <laughs> and he has the capacity to be a great actor, but he's not trying anymore. <laughs> yeah. Well, maybe there's just not opportunity presented to him. I mean, it's hard when you, you're sort of a leading man type and then you kind of get old and you're not as handsome anymore. Yeah, I mean, even when he was in his prime, he was like Lester Harrison Ford. Yeah. Do you think he turned down G.I. Joe 2 or that they didn't want him back because they're like, nobody wants to see Dennis Quaid Maybe he anymore. died. I don't know. Mm, I don't think so. Though I should know since I saw it, but it's pretty forgettable. <laughs> I don't know. That's, that's a question I'll have to ask myself. <laughs> but yeah, I think I think it's gotta go to Guy Pierce. Guy Pierce, <laughs> so adequate, very <laughs> adequate. Now for the hardest category in, in every every movie award ever, the lead actress category. <sighs> this is gonna be a crapshoot. Yeah, <laughs> well, you didn't see most of these, did you? Sean? No, I did not. Our nominees are Aubrey Plaza. From Safety Not Guaranteed, Emily Blunt for the five year engagement, Gina Carano for Haywire, Jennifer Lawrence for the Hunger Games, and Sarah Silverman for Wreck It Ralph. So, what are you looking for with these actor nominations? Just one that was solid. Just a solid performance. Just a confident performance. Maybe a little bit. Maybe a little more than confident. That you could tell they were maybe trying. <laughs> Yeah, this isn't no like Catherine Heigl shit or anything. This yeah, is one of these. General an effort. Which one was that? Hunger, Hunger Games. Games. Oh yes, Hunger Games. I knew. Pretty it. big hit this year. Yeah, I feel like Jennifer Lawrence is always pretty solid. I mean, this was a more actiony role, and I feel like she did that fine. Though there wasn't really anything about that movie that stuck out to me. It was just good, I guess. I don't know. How do you feel about Hunger Games, Sean? And well, Jennifer we'll get Lawrence? to that later. Let's. Yeah, but I'm asking about Jennifer Lawrence. Oh, okay. Because you—that's one that you've seen. We watched together. You wore a suit. I, I, <laughs> I think I got. I, I, you always wear a suit to a movie premiere, John. <laughs> <laughs> I like it because there's people in line that like you are know, dressed up as Katniss and there's this guy in a suit is this a character from the movie <laughs> that's how I think I didn't it. know they were going for such a weird look I just had these images in my head yeah you're trying to go as Wes Bentley but you couldn't grow the funny facial God, hair if in I time. could grow Wes Bentley's facial hair I'd be happy but no I, I, I want to hear what, what you think about Jennifer Lawrence uh, I really like Jennifer Lawrence I like her too much, maybe. <laughs> like, for me, Civil Lions Playbook is worth watching because Jennifer Lawrence is good in it. 
uh, yeah. more than Bradley Cooper or even Robert De Niro. Uh, so I wouldn't put her on this list just because I think too, she's really great. She's too good. I would say, uh, <laughs> having read the books, there's a lot of, I mean, it's all told from Katniss's point of view, and there's a lot of inner monologue going on that would not translate to the screen except that uh, Jennifer Lawrence is able to bring it. Yeah. Uh, to touch on some of the other ones, uh, Safety Not Guaranteed, I think I was the only person who saw that. It was in a the movie world, I think. in the world. No, I mean, Paul saw it, so two people at least. But Aubrey Plaza of Parks and Recreation, she's an intern for a Seattle newspaper, and then they, they, there's this guy who posts this thing on Craigslist about, like, I've built a time machine. I need someone to come back. And it's Mark Duplass, indie heartthrob. <laughs> and so okay. they go down to Ocean Shores, Washington. Pretty nice. awesome. And it's basically a ro- just a romantic comedy between Aubrey Plaza and Mark Duplass and trying to find, is this guy crazy? What's his deal? But the thing is, she basically, in every movie or every role I've ever seen her is in the exact same kind of like mood where she's just kind of bored, doesn't really, cynical, doesn't really care about anything. This is the exact same character that she plays on Parks and Rec or in anything. But it's good. I like, I like that. But there was nothing about it that's like spectacular. It never really uh, rises to this level. Like, wow, that's really good. It's just, yeah, I've, I've seen this before. I can see this on now, TV. Aubrey Paz, I would say she's done a pretty good job of turning her character on Parks and Rec from like a, a like one-dimensional mm-hmm. stereotype into a, a fully rounded character. And I mean, that's not all writing. That's her, that's her performance. Yeah. Too. I think she's good in that show. I think she's one of the better actors in that show. She's good, but this is still very much in her comfort zone, which is fine. And that's mildly pleasing. What about Five Year Engagement, Emily Blunt? I really like Emily Blunt. Uh, this movie, I, uh, I had mixed feelings about, mm-hmm. though I don't think that was her fault. I feel like she gave a, did a good job with the material. Fine. Yeah, she's not given a lot. I mean, the, the males in this movie are more given the wacky stuff, especially Jason Siegel in comparison. But she holds her own. Uh, she has any standout, really funny moments. Like, I like she when she gets shot yeah. in the leg with a crossbow. That's kind of funny. Uh, <laughs> Stole that right out of the campaign. <coughs> but that movie is just too long. It really drags on. I mean, you, you like the characters. You it's stick with them. Funny moments. Want. It's got a really good comedic cast. It's just uh, they just didn't know how to end it. I feel like they didn't really know what kind of tone to establish with this movie. Yeah, it is all over the place. Emily Blunt's good in it, I guess. Uh, <laughs> uh, Gina Carano in Haywire. Okay, this was a surprise because she's not an actress before this. She was like a UFC fighter, and I believe she was on the new American Gladiators. Mm-hmm. And the fact that she went from here to a competent performance was really impressed me. And the fact that it's also like really physical. She beat up Michael Fassbender, she beat up Channing Tatum. I, I really like watching a, a, a good female action star because that's something you really see. But she's not; she's still just a UFC fighter. I don't know that she's yeah. amazing. You she's can, just you can kind of tell that this, this whole acting thing is not really something she's used to. Uh, but again, she's pretty good at kicking ass in this movie. I don't know if that's uh, you would consider that part of her performance. Uh, I would. Okay. okay. So I mean, give me a frame of reference. Are we talking like Arnold Schwarzenegger? or Are we talking like Bruce Willis? What do you mean? Where is she on this, on the acting talent scale? Is she Schwarzenegger where she's basically just saying the lines and it's funny and it's, well, I mean, it's funny for her, but it's, it's acceptable. <laughs> well, to answer that question, Bruce she's Willis a, where, he's, she's, where she's actually acting. I think she's sort of in the middle. Yeah, she's not quite Bruce Willis. <laughs> yeah. 
But, uh, I mean, it's definitely brave of Steven Soderbergh to give her as much dialogue as he does. Consider well, this is a guy who did a whole movie starring a porn star. Yeah. But uh, I think he gets a, a competent performance out of her. Uh, I don't know. Kicking ass. Kicking ass. She does that. It's a lot of kicking ass in Wreck-It Ralph. No. It's mostly racing, it turns out. Oh, because I see you put Sarah Silverman. I did. And I kind of understood this as more uh, performances that helped elevate material that would otherwise not be as good. Uh, Because I think the obnoxious little girl character is something that can go real wrong real fast. And if you're going to make that one of your main characters, it's a pretty huge risk. And I think if it wasn't for Sarah Silverman, Wreck-It Ralph would have been a movie front loaded with a bunch of cameos and then like kind of painful to watch after that. Uh, but Sarah Silverman is solid enough. That I, I was enjoying the movie all the way through. And I feel like everyone else in that movie is, is literally doing exactly the role they always do. Like Jack McBriar is like the really polite guy and John C. Riley is like the really good hearted guy who doesn't have that many friends and most people don't like him. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, when it comes down to Piggy, I didn't see Wreck-It Ralph. Uh, I think, uh, so that's tough for me, but I think I lean towards Gina Carano just because of the action. I don't know. There's something about that that makes me want to pick it. I mean, I think it's enough if you could say it's not a really great performance, but you like her enough that you want to see her more stuff. Yeah, I maybe. Uh, depending on what it is, I can't imagine it's going to be something good, but I'm sort of interested. Was she in Lady Expendables? Yeah, there is talk. I, I don't know if that's <laughs> legit, but they're, they're talking about doing Lady Expendables, all-female cast, and Gina Carano is like and That's to me is way more exciting than even Expendables plus Jackie Chan. <laughs> <laughs> Which is happening. That is a fact. Expendables 3 has Jackie Chan. So, God have mercy on all of us. <laughs> For going to see us <laughs> making them possible. Uh, so yeah, I mean that's my pick because I don't think she's amazing, but I'm kind of interested in seeing where her career will go. And I did sort of enjoy that movie enough. <laughs> All right, I can sign off. Uh, I'd go with that one too. Sure. Yeah. All right, good. Can't wait for Lady Expendables. Well, I can wait. The question is how long. Uh, so, congratulations, Gina Carano of Haywire, our most mildly pleasing actress. All right. From Hose to Bros. Yes. Our most mildly pleasing actor nominees are Ben Affleck for Argo, Channing Tatum for Magic Mike, Johnny Depp for Dark Shadows, Mark Wahlberg for Ted, and Will Ferrell for Casa de Mi Padre. Should we just go down the list? Ben Affleck for Argo. Argo, a pretty good movie. Ben Affleck really doesn't bring anything to it. His character, I don't really know what he's uh, what drives him really. I feel like with a better actor, you could have gotten something a little more. Well, also maybe a better written. That's probably part. more. Of the it's thing. like we don't. He's got a kid and uh, he's divorced, and that's about all we know about him. That's uh, and, and that's, he's that's really dedicated to his job. He's got a funny hairstyle. He's got a, Great beard. <laughs> Pretty damn good beard, yeah. But still, I mean, Ben Affleck directed this. He could have picked someone else. Mm-hmm. Like, he wasn't, I like, this person is a Hispanic person for one thing. He's not really right for the part. 
try to mix it up a little bit. Uh, I, I almost <laughs> feel like it's, you know, he likes to act. People don't cast Ben Affleck anymore, so Ben <laughs> Affleck has to cast Ben Affleck. <laughs> I cast myself. It's the only chance it's going to happen. <laughs> but he's, he doesn't seem right for this part. And, I mean, he's okay. Yeah, we've seen him, I mean, last year or two years ago, we saw him in the town. That was three years ago? Not three years two ago. Two years ago. Two years ago. Two years ago. And that, that was, was really good. In yeah, movie. that was it's one like, of his better performances. Yeah, you can do better, Ben Affleck. So, yeah. Meh. What about Channing Tatum? What about Channing Tatum? I never Tatum? thought I had him on any time. There's a time where I hated Channing Tatum so oh. much. The ultimate, he's in the stupid step up movies, just the ultimate bro, ultimate douchebag. He's still. Ultimate blockhead. <laughs> ultimate blockhead. But the character he's playing in Magic Mike, this male stripper character, is like a blockhead. So he it, work, it works. Really in this movie. Oh, it sounds like this movie is practically his life. Basically, because it, it, he was a stripper at some point in time. And that's what this, this is about. But it, I, and I think he is good at playing a bro because he is a bro. Mm-hmm. That is so genuine. But every time when he really needs to emote, he just totally falls flat. He can't quite reach the next level. There's, you know, there's this one scene where he's trying to tell the girl he likes, you know, like how it feels or something like that. And he just uses all these lame techniques and keeps like interrupting himself like, like, I never thought like, uh, but I, uh, I just, uh, I, uh. <laughs> I know what you're talking about. Uh, stuttering is not the most uh, impressive acting technique. Uh, yeah, he should have gone with something else in that scene. Like that just doesn't work. But man, this man can dance. Oh, yeah. So sensual. <laughs> And then people, I mean, people are going to say, like, oh, you like dancing, Magic Mike, you're gay. It's like, I don't like the dancing because they're ripped guys. I like the dancing because it's good dancing. It just yeah. It's interesting to look at. Not because I'm like, oh, dude, look at that guy. Those guys' abs. He must work out a lot. <laughs> this was a really weird theater-going experience outside of Magic Mike because it's like 70% women. The first shot of the movie is Channing Tatum's butt. So people are like, oh. <laughs> they kind of made it better I kind of like that yeah, yeah. but what's weird fun. I'll talk about I'll talk more about that um, the rest of the experience when we uh, talk about the movie <laughs> okay. so do you think the bad of his performance undoes the good of it yeah and if I, I think it finds a mid ground because that I mean for me calling you you sighed a little bit well I don't know <laughs> I, I felt like I was pretty alright with Channing Tatum okay. for most of this movie it's true he doesn't quite like uh convince me that he's a a budding talent as an actor he's not like the next big thing but i think he's yeah he's he's fine okay something that's not fine is dark shadows bad movie tim burton's dark shadows but johnny depp stars in this i remember going in thinking he's not right for this part playing this vampire he looks like justin bieber all pale it's really weird but he was really funny in this movie he's playing the fish out of water character he's he's just awakened after 200 something years and he's just making all these stupid observations he doesn't know what anything's like what's a mcdonald's you know that kind of thing or what is this sorcery he's looking at a tv or something and that's funny uh actually now that i think about it, think about it i i he may just be good all the way through. It's just that the movie's so bad that it creates this weird, mild reaction. It's sort of like like my Sarah Silverman pick of yeah, like this movie. What is successful about this movie is successful because of this performance. I might. I think I'm starting to have a change of heart. Or you know, he might be consistent through this <laughs> in this bad movie. It's just a bad movie. Mm-hmm. 
And since I'm the only person that saw it, because I don't know why anyone would want to see it, don't see it. It's not good. <laughs> okay. So that probably won't uh, will make it. But something we all saw was Ted. I don't know that anybody really had any expectations for Ted. I'm a big Seth MacFarlane fan, but I don't know. I really didn't know what to expect out of a movie. Um, though Mark Wahlberg, I always like seeing Mark Wahlberg. We we're just because you know about exactly it. what to expect out of Mark Wahlberg. <laughs> Well, no. I mean, no. I, I think the, th- the thing we were talking about, we were <laughs> talking about this yesterday. Mark Wahlberg is this guy that I just see as this normal guy who comes in and he can be so off or on because he's not like a real like method actor or anything. He's just some regular guy. So sometimes he'll just go with it and it works. And sometimes he'll be so off. And if the dialogue isn't quite to his you know style, he's going to hit all the wrong notes and like over emote or under emote or just act like not a human but <laughs> like but what's the, the happening yeah. but this is a comedy and i think he he works pretty well in this though I, I don't know that he's the best choice i don't know that he's a really strong comedic actor but i like seeing this tough guy attempt this comedy because he is this tough guy he's a model you know he's in the funky bunch man and now he's in this goofy raunchy comedy well, i imagine seth MacFarlane was looking for someone he can kind of push around someone you could believe that even though He's playing a CG teddy bear. Still, you know, could yell at him a bunch because Mark Wahlberg. Sure, he's he's like built, but he seems so gentle and friendly. He does have kind of a a giddy childlike quality to him, mm-hmm. which I think really worked in this movie. Yeah, naivety or something. <laughs> like he doesn't get all the jokes. <laughs> <laughs> is, is this funny stuff? I don't, I don't get it. What is this? He's having a good time. Yeah. I mean, I guess there's nothing about it that's really impressive, though. I don't know, because we have it mildly pleased. It sounds like we all like it. Can we find something about it that makes it brings it down to the mildly pleased level? Is there anything you could think of that we're like, eh? I mean, this is he's not stretching at all. It's This is safe zone. You know, I've got a girlfriend who I really like, but I also got a stoner friend who I really like. What a dilemma. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah. I mean... Mark Wahlberg's been kind of for projects lately, and, and Ted is <laughs> not hard for him at all. It would be hard for anyone. Okay. Interesting. It might be hard for someone. It might be hard for Daniel Craig. Yeah, or Samuel L. Jackson, sure. <laughs> someone it's never hard for is Will Ferrell. And I went with Casa de Mi Padre, which was a weird, I don't know, independent maybe, just a smaller film where he was a Mexican guy and he spoke Spanish throughout the whole film. It's basically a soap opera movie. And once again, bad movie, but he was pretty, he was, he did the most that he could with the material. He has, he always has this confident look on him and he acts like he's taking, like he's in a drama. So he takes this seriously, but it also, I don't know. Will Ferrell has this look to him. That's kind of hard to explain. No other actor quite has it where you're confident in being so stupid. I don't even know what to call it. But once again, this might be a case where what you can knock against it is he's consistent. Like, Will Ferrell always brings it. Yeah. I've never seen, even in bad Will Ferrell movies, I mean, haven't seen Bewitched, so I don't know. But in every Will Ferrell movie I've ever seen, no matter how bad it is, he brings 110% all the time. And he's always fun to watch. I'd watch him in anything. Yeah, like that's the thing. I have a hard time believing that anyone could be mildly pleased with Will Ferrell. Yeah. So, such a funny guy. And he's speaking in Spanish. You know, he's trying. <coughs> that's interesting. That's ex- I mean, that's that's more than mildly interesting. That is straight up interesting. Just 
just hearing it. It's pretty good when he sings a song around a campfire, too. I enjoy that. I enjoy it when he sings. So, yeah, it's too damn good. Doesn't quite, doesn't quite work here. So, <laughs> it's probably, you know, I think we all really like Mark Wahlberg. I think, you yeah, know, he's good enough in it. That's we really like him. I'm thinking it's probably between Ben Affleck and Channing Tatum. Oh, okay. Or what? What were you? I mean, do you think you like Mark Wahlberg too much, or do you think? Uh, I, I thought so. Yeah, but you were saying you like him for. I like him to win. Just please. I don't know. Uh, I mean, that's fine, I guess. Well, I was with, I, I was for Channing Tatum definitely. I thought you liked it more than mildly pleased. No, no, that's about where I am. Is mildly pleased with it. I guess Ben Affleck maybe is like too bland of a performance. <laughs> like maybe it doesn't quite reach mild pleasure. See, I don't, I don't really fault in anything. I feel like he's fine, and the movie's good, so it it doesn't really bother me. Okay. But what I like about the Channing Tatum pick is he does hit a couple wrong notes, <laughs> but he does enough to keep it in the middle. That's. Yeah. I haven't seen it, but I like to imagine he's like average, and, and that's exactly it. He's like raising and lowering his thing, and it just keeps <laughs> hovering around the middle. Yeah, it's kind of yeah. And I like the there's a nice parody between having him and Gina Carano <laughs> as our acting. It's like acting's not their strongest <laughs> part, but like Gina Carano's got the ass kicking, Jenny Tatum's got the sensual dance moves. And he's playing a bro, which he is. And he's playing himself. He's got the bro moves down. Yeah. All right, let's do it. All right, Channing Tatum. Channing Tatum, our most mildly pleasing actor in 2012. And now for <coughs> the big one, the whole enchilada, the uh, best, most mildly pleasing <laughs> uh, movie of 2012. Our nominees are, and there could have been so many, but we narrowed it down to just five, Brave, the Hunger Games, Magic Mike, Men in Black 3, and Ted. All right, so let's start with, with Brave. I don't know what you guys are talking about. I think it's, it's great. Really? Yeah. It's lesser Pixar, but I mean, it's, it's far beyond like a Cars 2. I also I, mean, I think the animation's I think the animation's wonderful. But compared to other Pixar stuff, it, the story doesn't go anywhere like interesting. I, I mean, I I went into this not knowing anything about it. I was like, I know there's some sort of curse, you know, what is this going to be? And then it has it's uh, on this transformation into a bear, and I'm like, well, that's brother bear. That's already been done. I expect Pixar to come up with something I've never seen before, and maybe that's that's not fair. Maybe I'm coming in bias, expecting too much. But it just it, there's nothing about it that ever made me be like, wow, this is this was worth seeing. Like, this is why I went to go see this. I think the animation maybe is the closest to no, that. I, I think what it is, I think it's a it's a great movie for little girls because, I mean, everyone comes up watching Disney animated movies, mm. and every Disney animated movie, the girl part is she's a pretty princess who has to fall in love with a guy to be happy, and she really has no agency in her life. And Brave totally flips that. Uh, here's a girl who hates the idea of getting married, is all about independence, and is rewarded for her independence. She saves the day, 
And in, and in the end, she does not have to fall in love at all. And I think that's a great message. Sure, but the device that they use to create the conflict, I feel like is so uninteresting. Just her mother being turned into yeah, a bear. Yeah, I kind of feel that way. I feel like that's, like in this fantasy world, I feel like that is the most boring thing you could have done. <laughs> but no, I think it's fine. I mean, it, obviously we're split on this one, so it's not going to be it. But I understand what you're saying. Like, I think it is good for certain audiences and I obviously you enjoyed it too but for me yeah it just it didn't resonate with me I, I so I it was mildly pleasing to me uh but I think we're in a split so I don't think it's going to be it's going to come out how about, how about Hunger Games once again yeah it's a weird looking action movie yeah. in that like people look weird they have weird makeup <laughs> it, uh, it definitely is less impressive once you go into the world of battle royale which was also, which is a Japanese book, and then a popular movie in Japan, which is basically the same thing. It's school kids killing each other, but it's way more compelling than this because it's super violent well, and, and it just seems so much. Hunger darker. Games takes fucking forever for the actual Hunger Games to start. God damn it! <laughs> it must have been an hour in before they're in that arena. But at the same time, I kind of like that stuff a little. Maybe it's because I read the book and I did kind of enjoy I, that the book. stuff. Is so much better in the book because you. you 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 get you know how like sickening it is to think about all this going and how numbing it is uh, to Katniss as a character, mm-hmm. but in the movie it's just like why well, she being a bitch to everybody? Why yeah. she's she like eating this food and yelling at this guy? It's like I don't get it. I'm bored. I, I was told I was going to see kids killing kids. I was told I was going to see an 18 year old black man kill a three year old little girl. <laughs> <laughs> God damn it! Where's that action? It's like PG 13, so it's not even that violent. You could see it like smashing somebody's face or something. It just oh that kid got killed, but you didn't even get to see it that well because everyone kind of ganged up around. You couldn't really see it. That was kind of a jet. but still, I give props to killing kids <laughs> <laughs> because that is entertaining and that is edgy for something that is uh, aimed at young adults. Like that's cool. I'm glad that soundbite is out there now. <laughs> I give props to killing kids. Yeah, that is really horrible. Just, <laughs> Just in the context of this movie, okay. <laughs> I do think it's a good. It's it's a it's a f- pretty fair adaptation. I of the think book. it's a, a shitty adaptation because what they add to it sucks, <laughs> and it's mostly just the book. But by it's numbers. pretty much the same. Yeah, and that sucks. Well, I like what was in the book, so I like what was on screen. I don't feel like they changed it enough for like, oh, that was totally different. I mean, obviously, you don't have it, it's it's not as detailed as the book, but uh, essentially everything was the same. So there's nothing that I disliked about it because I liked all that stuff in the book. And now, oh, I get to see it on screen. That's sort of neat. But it felt like they were just literally putting everything from the book in the movie instead of, I mean, creatively condensing things. For example, if they had abridged the whole selection and training process into, let's say, a tight thirty minutes, <laughs> made the whole movie maybe only ninety minutes. It didn't seem that long to me. How long was it? Was probably, I guess it was probably like 140 minutes. That's maybe kind of long. But no, I was kind of digging it. I was kind of digging what was going on. So I guess it didn't feel as long to me, maybe. Uh, I don't know. I don't even know if you if you like this now, if this is even mildly pleasing. Is it less than mildly pleasing for you, Sean? You feel like your review I was guess, pretty mildly pleasing. Yeah, in, in the end, I was, was fine with it, and I liked it enough to go read the books. Which I was also very mildly pleased with. <laughs> um, so maybe, uh, I don't know. 
It was I, just I maybe kind this, of lazy. I don't think this is the one that that gets this award for me. <laughs> well, I didn't see it, so that might factor into it. Okay. Unless, you, like, John, you're really passionate that this is the most mildly pleasing <laughs> movie. <laughs> I don't think I'd be passionate about by being mildly pleased about anything. All right. <laughs> so, no. You want to tell us a little more about your Magic Mike experience? Yeah. So what was weird about that movie is, like I said, 70%, probably more female audience. I think they were expecting something around the lines of a step up. Something that was just like a romance movie, really sexy, lots of, you know, sweaty bodies getting dancing with each other. And it's really not that kind of movie. It's more of trying to like this, this slice of life, almost docudrama style, just real natural flow to it. And so everybody was, there's just like silence throughout most of the movie, except for the hot dance sequences. I, don't know, I feel like you get your money's worth of the hot dancing. There's yeah. quite a bit of it. So I, that I wouldn't say I was disappointed in that. Uh, that and I'm glad <laughs> I didn't go to see like a step up type movie. But at the same time, when I was watching this movie, I did almost want something like more conventional movie in the way of like, I didn't feel like there's that much at stake in this movie or that much of a conflict. Mm. It did seem like too real and almost re- so real that it's, like just not really like really interesting. I mean, I like all the dancing, but yeah, I, I didn't think there was much in the way of Chang Tatum or the younger dude that was like his his apprentice. Who yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he had like some drug problems, but I was like, he's gonna be fine. He's gonna be yeah, okay. <laughs> so I had I had this I had mixed feelings about the movie as a whole. There's definitely a lot of stuff I liked, but then a lot of stuff. Where I wanted something more conventional, which seems so weird for me to hear myself say that. I don't know, or something that was more like a regular movie. Uh, I don't know. How did you feel about the the, the pacing and everything, Colin, of the I movie? I felt fine with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I, I kind of liked the, the the sort of natural pseudo documentary style of it. I guess. Uh, uh, the material story-wise felt a little familiar about a, a guy that's got this profession and he kind of wants to get out of it. And then there's a younger guy who's so sort of in awe of this lifestyle. I don't, I don't think anything really elevated it beyond <laughs> the dancing. Yeah. <laughs> that's really all it had going for is is that there hadn't ever really been a – a male stripper movie. movie. That's really kind of the only thing that, that really sets it apart, I think. If you like the song, It's Raining Men, you'll enjoy this movie. Yeah. They play it more than once? It's like they're like main they theme do. twice. Yeah. It's, it, you know, it's, it's like near the end and, and then in the beginning. It's just circular. It brings everything to, it bookends the, the dancing. <laughs> Is there a scene of a man crying while playing that song? No. <laughs> Would that would that make you want to see it? That would have done it for me. I would <laughs> watch it tonight. Okay, let's go on to Men in Black Three. Long time since there's been an, another Men in Black it is about a ten year gap. Mm-hmm. Was it worth it? No. <laughs> uh, and I feel like if I could somehow watch it without having, like, if it was like fifty years from now, and someone's like, check out these Men in Black movies. I probably was pretty fine with with Men in Black Three, but it's weighed down by expectations and disappointment. Uh, little things like like uh, like most of the cast being totally wasted in this movie. I don't mean drunk. I mean like <laughs> possibly that <laughs> just not being used to their potential. I feel like it's pretty much Will Smith is given most of the opportunity to do anything in this movie. 
And he's pretty much doing the same thing he was doing in the 90s. That was weird when I was watching this movie. I was like, is it the 90s again? Because he's still like, oh, hell no. Oh, what's a a black man doing in this situation? He's like, I will slap the shiznit out of you. Who says that? Nobody talks like that anymore. (laughs) Except for Will Smith in the 90s. Well, you know, the script could have been later on. Yeah, I mean, there's there's some moments where he has to be emotional and he does a good job. But then, like, I would have, you know, Tom Lee Jones, unfortunately, this movie, he's pretty much in the backseat. Or Josh Brolin's taking his part, and he does fine. He's He's fine. He's delivering maybe as good uh, as Tom Lee Jones could have been because he's playing exactly how you, Tommy Lee, I mean, he's being Tommy Lee Jones and he's doing that good. I like that. But the laughs weren't really that big. I think there's only one moment where I really chuckled, and that's him giving <laughs> a Black Panther salute back to some other guys. Well, they give the Black Panther salute to him, and he does it back. Like, oh, I don't know. Okay, I'll give it back to you. But the villain, I I didn't think was that interesting or that's funny. Because Jermaine Clement, and you know he can be funny. I mean, what was that? That stupid... Bronco, gentleman Broncos. Yeah, like that movie's terrible, but he's pretty funny. He's in that. great, and I didn't see Dinner for Schmucks. Maybe he's good. <laughs> uh, but I mean, I mean, obviously, based on Fly the Concords, we know he could be a really funny guy, and he's left to just play a menacing villain. There's like maybe one scene where he gets to do funny stuff, and that's when he first meets himself. But outside of that, he's just angry and yelling, and supposed to be scary. And you're like, why did they cast this guy for this part? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. And like Bill Hader shows up. He's not funny. <laughs> Emma Thompson's there. She's like just serious. Will Arnett. It's funny that it's Will Arnett in a cameo, but it doesn't do anything. It's just like, oh, that's Will Arnett. I know him from comedy. <laughs> <laughs> like everybody's doing like a, a, a good enough job with the material, but the material is just kind of whatever. It's not bad. The story makes enough sense. Maybe. I don't I know. It's time Mi- travel. The Michael Stuhlbarg stuff is kind of interesting. Yeah. He's kind of like this guy who can predict all these different futures and that's kind of cool like and outcomes. And that's creative. There's definitely some good sci-fi stuff in there. There's usually good sci-fi stuff, uh, but it's just kind of an okay comedy. I wouldn't even say it's a comedy. I say it's it's a nice lighthearted <laughs> nice sci-fi action. action movie. Light action somewhat comedy. I don't even know what you'd call it. Yeah, action. Light action. <laughs> okay, something that is comedy but, instead. Uh, uh, yeah. I don't I don't hate it. I'm fine with it. Do you hate Ted? I could you could make me. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. So our Ted experience. Uh I, I remember coming out of Ted and a couple weeks later, it seemed like a lot of people complained that, like, it's too much like Family Guy. And I was thinking, yeah, maybe. But then I thought more about it. I'm like, I think the problem was it wasn't enough like Family Guy. This movie should have been all out more along the lines of, like, an airplane type thing. What it tried to do is it had all these some pretty good jokes, but then it strings it together with the most bland, like, romantic story ever of a guy who's kind of stuck in his ways. And there's this girl... And he's like, I can change. He's like, no, I'm, all, I'm not going to give you another chance. He's like, give me one more chance. Like, okay, I'll give you another chance. You know exactly where that's going. That is so uninspired and boring. But there's some really good jokes, and it kind of leaves you with this feeling like, well, I like the jokes, but I don't like the, what's driving the plot. I think they throw you this curveball in the last act uh, when the teddy bear gets stolen, and none of that was funny at all. And it was like, God, why do we have to watch this? Can't we just go back to jokes? 
Remember when they had the Flash Gordon guy? That was funny. Yeah, the actor who played uh, Flash Gordon in the original uh, like nineteen eighty Flash Gordon movie is in this movie as himself. And Mark Wahlberg and Ted are such fans of Flash Gordon, and it's so great with them and the actor Sam Jones in this extended cameo. I really love some of the weird off the wall humor in this movie. So bizarre, like with the uh, God, what's his face from Alien. Tom Skerritt? Yeah, there's all these Tom Skerritt. Tom Skerritt. It's like a references. recurring joke. <laughs> like, Joel McHale is kind of like one of the bad guys. He's like, he's showing him his fancy house. He's like, check out this. It's a picture of me. You know who that is? Tom Skerritt. <laughs> like, that's impressive. Like, some people. Tom Skerritt's even in a cameo at the end, like a, a, a wedding or something. But he, <laughs> someone's like invited him, but he's like, something about giving his family back or you know, yeah, just, give my, you know, just give me my family back <laughs> like what the hell is that I love all that that stuff's good Patrick Stewart's a narrator he has a couple good jokes there's definitely some jokes I think misfire though that are just raunchy for the sake of raunchy and aren't clever uh, and then, like you know, what do you think of the, the like prostitute who pooped on their floor and they had to clean it up yeah it's like that's gross I mean that's nothing clever it's just, Rose. <laughs> <coughs> uh, but I mean, Seth MacFarlane has this sense of humor, these weird pop culture references that I enjoy. Uh, but I was so disappointed by the story. Like, I kind of like, I almost want to just be a collection of sketches or something. I guess it has to have some sort of story. Yeah. But the story they picked was so boring. But the jokes are so good that it evens out. I guess. I mean, I'd check it out again and probably still enjoy parts of it, but at the same time, I'd be like, you know, he could have done so much more. He could have tried a little harder on either telling a better story or just putting in more jokes to f- not have a story. <laughs> I worry about the fact that Seth MacFarlane seems to always insist on having a non-human character in everything he does. Yeah, what's he going to do next? Like, where's his his movie career going to, because this was a big success. This is the biggest success of Mark Wahlberg's career thus far. I read. This is his biggest movie, which is really weird. It's like, it's the biggest, uh, original, uh, like uh, opening for an original R8 comedy since like one of the hangovers. What an age we live in. And I guess maybe Ted gets a bit of a bump because I probably laughed at it more than any other comedy I saw in theaters. Um, I don't know. 21 Jump Street probably, probably be. Yeah. I didn't see the campaign. Like there were a guys lot of movies that. that left him in this one. Yeah? Enough laughs, but... Uh... Well, <coughs> see, I'm just thinking back to something that's like The Dictator. Yeah. Which was disappointing. Yeah. Ugh. So sad. Problem with The Dictator is I saw that in a theater with one other person. Don't If you're going to see a movie, you're not sure if it's going to be funny and you see it with one other person, and then either one person's laughing or no one's laughing, that is a bizarre experience. I don't recommend it. Be careful. Try to see comedies. But with- it's funny if you can perfectly trade off the line. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, well, he didn't think that's funny. What's that guy's problem? <laughs> Asshole. Did we just become best friends? <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, I might like Ted maybe more. And then because of the jokes, boost it. I don't know. It's it's tricky. Hmm. I mean, Men in Black is so mildly pleasing, but it's also sort of disappointing because it's so mildly <laughs> pleasing, if that makes any sense. It's like, they had 10 years. Th- yeah. <laughs> they had 10 years, and this is what they ended up on. They went to the point where they, like, clearly we can't actually have Tommy Lee Jones doing this stuff anymore. We have to, like, <laughs> come up with a plot where someone else can play Tommy Lee Jones. 
so in that case, I might lean towards right now Magic Mike, even though I know just me and Colin, but feels pretty good. The dancing is that good? <laughs> no. <laughs> I don't know, though. Colin, do you, like, I don't know if this makes it easier, but do you like Ted more than Magic Mike, or do you like Magic Mike more than Ted? I'm probably like Magic Mike. I think more. I do too, so then that probably yeah. puts Ted back down. I don't know if that makes it more mildly pleasing. That's, yeah. But, uh, yeah. But no, like Daisy's saying, it's got to be like third place. <laughs> third place. <laughs> uh, or something. I don't know. Honestly, Magic <laughs> Mike's probably my favorite out of these. Yeah, so. And maybe not. Maybe it's too good. Yeah, if Magic Mike is straight up your favorite, then I think it's. it's it's yeah. Ted or MIB three. I'd probably go Ted because MIB like I was saying, I was disappointed that it was mildly pleasing. I expected a little more because they had enough time to make it better than mildly pleasing, and then they just kind of half-assed it. And I feel like that makes and even if I just seen that movie and not seen any of the others, I might even not like it because I don't know these characters. So it's disappointing maybe as its own film, and then kind of disappointing in that they had all this time. And didn't do much with it. And and just by the nature of what it is, you can't not be interested in it. You're you're gonna be invested in it, or you already don't care about it. In which case, you haven't seen it. In which case, you can't make it your most mildly pleasing movie anyway. So I think it's gotta be Ted, unless Matt, you have something to say. No. <laughs> or Colin? No, Ted's Ted's pretty mildly pleasing. Yeah, it's probably probably a good choice. So there you have it, uh, Ted, our most mildly pleasing movie of 2012, and uh, and that's it for the mildly pleased awards, the uh, 49th annual mildly pleased awards. Uh, stay tuned as we get into more and more lists, both on the blog and uh, on this very podcast. Uh, we're gonna do some 2012 list. I think uh, I think I can say we're gonna do TV shows next week. Our favorite TV shows in 2012, and uh, who knows what'll be going on on the blog. So the only thing to do is to check on it every 15 minutes, <laughs> see if any content changes. That URL, if you've already forgotten, mildlypleased.com. And uh, we're also available on iTunes. That's maybe how you're listening to this. Uh, it always helps if you hit subscribe there and throw up a review or something. Uh, or just keep listening. That's enough for me. This isn't about ego. This is about mild pleasure. On that front, we're doing pretty good. <laughs> you guys keep talking like this? As you can tell from the yawn. The show is clearly done. Uh, see you next week. Get out, get out.